0: good morning good afternoon and good evening welcome to the winner winner podcast My name is Mike, aka MTB Trigger, and tonight we're just going to jump straight into it because we've got a guest tonight and I don't want you to wait around for this one. So with me tonight, I am welcoming back for his second appearance on the show, Mr. Brian Corrigan, aka GenXP, studio director for PUBG Corp. Corrigan, how are you, man? Hey, man. Good.
1: And it's good to be back. Thanks for for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm glad this worked out. Been a little while. I know. It's been too long. (laughs) We've been busy. (laughs) I mean, we do weekly if you want Just (laughs) say I would love
1: it. I'm not sure I'd get any work done, but uh, it is good (laughs) to be back
0: (laughs) Awesome, man Well, if you're just checking in or you're recently found the podcast and you want to learn more about Corrigan We did do a lengthy interview in episode 66 So make sure to go check that out on itunes spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts We talked about a ton of stuff. Honestly, that was just an idea stage at that time That's now been implemented into the game namely mastery in the backend systems needed for anything that was going to have to do with a competitive or ranked systems. So with that in mind, the primary reason we wanted to get him back on the show and talk today was the stat-based ranking system, which at the time of this recording is live and being tested in the live servers via the opt-in labs section. Beyond that, we'll see what we get into, but that's our primary reason for getting together So this new Labs thing, it just came out. I think I saw that you tweeted out that over 26% of the player base has opted in to be not only tracked, but share their thoughts on this. So you want to talk a little bit about Labs and then just kind of what you guys are seeing on the back end?
1: Yeah, sure. I think actually today it's, I think actually we're almost up to 30 now. So we're pretty happy with the number for what it's worth that everybody's interested. But there really hasn't been a great ranking system in a Battle Royale game yet, at least in my opinion. And so, you know, we talked last time, we told you some of the kind of goals that we wanted to hit for ours when it comes out. And it's just, it's a tough balancing act. I mean, we've got matchmaking issues that we need to deal with. We've got expectations that are different across the player base. You know, the pros maybe want it to work a certain way and casual players maybe want it to work a different way. If you can even just break it up into those two segments, I think there's even more than that. So, you know, we decided to do this algorithm test. And what you're seeing today, you know, definitely don't think of this as the rank system. The rank system is, you know, complicated a little, a little bigger, but this is just a test of the algorithm itself. And we've been simulating it for months. So when you guys are done with the match, we feed data into it. We've been doing that now since maybe August. But I mean, Mike, you know there's there's no replacement for what it actually feels like when you play the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you know. So it's like the only way to really get good feedback was to put it out. And so we kind of invented this idea of labs. I mean, we didn't invent it, other games have it, but we put this idea of labs into PUBG so that we could start getting this type of stuff in front of players. This wasn't the type of thing that we could roll out really on the test server. It had to be out live in front of a big portion of the players for a long time to see if we get some feedback. Yeah, so that's the idea.
0: You talked about the algorithm and everybody's trying to figure out exactly the weights. And it's been pretty well published that at one point, the maximum, if you'd got some kills and wins was 27. <laughs> and then you just told me about a live prank you pulled on Wacky Jackie when you guys <laughs> increased it to maybe the max is 88. We don't know if that's actually the max, but he was in the middle of a game and won it and got eight kills and got 88 points. And the reaction was hilarious. By the way, well played. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Yeah,
1: we updated the algorithm live. It was
0: great. (laughs) I'm glad you're doing that, man. Like, that to me, I I love it (laughs) because. Again, you guys will link the clip in the show notes, but basically they updated this thing live and Wacky won this game. And he was like, you know, I got to win. Oh, there's another 27 points. And then he <laughs> clicks over it and it's 88. <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? They just did it. And then we come to find out that they actually did this intentionally to mess with him because they saw he was streaming. So well played. It was great. I mean, you know, we
1: we wouldn't be updating core parts of the game live that weren't in the lab section. But of course, I mean, that's That's the point of labs, right? I mean, we want to be able to experiment and iterate a little bit faster. Every game wants to be able to do that, but we're a live, you know, online service-based game. So we can't just rebalance mastery or change the season pass in the middle of the season. That would be a terrible thing, but the lab system lets us do that. So we figured we'd give it a shot and see what happened. And (laughs) it was, it was pretty funny.
0: So in that vein, you know, I think Most of the conversation that I've seen around the algorithm and the points and and where you get them is most of what you've talked about. It's kills, it's wins, and then it's based on the ranking of other people in the game. And some of the most common feedback that we've seen is people saying, well, if I do 800 damage but don't get any kills and I helped my team out tremendously... I'm not getting rewarded for that. So it's kind of pushing players to kind of push in alone or try to get kills instead of actually work with their team. So how are you guys thinking about this and working on that in the back end? Because I know that's not an easy thing to add to the algorithm. But right now, there's some feels bad things that are kind of associated with the ranking.
1: Yeah. And Mike, actually, you know, you guys did a long episode on what does it take to be good at PUBG, which uh, I really enjoyed. And I know a lot of the people in my office enjoyed, too, because we we had been talking about that stuff at the same time. But yeah, let me explain the algorithm a little bit. So, you know, one thing that we want to do with the competitive system is we want to at least help players understand the pro scene a little bit. So some of the rules that you're seeing in the competitive system are really based on the rules that we use in the pro scene. So, for example, in the pro scene, we use kills and we use, you know, rank. We had to do some adaptation to make it work in the public queues because, at least in this labs right now in the public queues, there's a wide variety of skill. Whereas, you know, in the pro scene, you can assume they're all pros. So there's a variety of skill, but of course, they're all extremely skilled. I mean, these are the best players in the world. So... There needed to be some adaptation. So right now the algorithm does a few things. One, it will de-incentivize you from quitting maps. So when it goes live, if you get Miramar, if you choose to play competitively, you get, you know, Miramar and you decide you want Erangel and you quit, you'll get a penalty. So that's the first thing is because if you're playing competitively, you have to be good at a variety of situations, on a variety of maps. And, you know, you don't get to choose all the time, just like the pros don't get to choose.
0: Right. Is that in there right now or is that something you're putting in?
1: I don't remember if it's in right now, but it's going in. So okay. we can just say today, like it's going to be there. You know, sometimes it's hard for me to remember what's live and, and what's in test and then what's coming a month from now, but it will be there. And then the second thing is, like I said, we based it off kills and rank. You know, there was a bug actually in the algorithm up until today where people below the fifth placement at the end of the game actually weren't getting all the points that they should have. So some of that should actually feel better starting today at about well, whatever time we trolled wacky jackie, two <laughs> o'clock or so, we fixed it, we fixed it at the same time. So all of the data that we've been actually gathering, unfortunately, for the last week, we're going to have to kind of throw out. But again, I mean, this is the point of the lab. We put it out there. We got some feedback that it didn't feel quite right and we found a problem and we made some adjustments. And so we'll have to kind of see how it feels now. Uh, also, as you said, there is a small part of the algorithm that adjusts against the average skill of the players in the match. And what I mean there is, you know, if we have a very wide array of skills, the algorithm will make adjustments if lower skilled players are eliminating high skilled players. If the average kind of like spread of rank in the match is really small, like for example, maybe they're all gold. Well, we of course don't make that adjustment. Okay. So it's, it's actually a, today currently is not on a per player basis. It's on the average of the players in the map. So it's not who you kill. It's, it's on the skill of the, of the overall match, but that's another thing we're thinking about actually adjusting as well you know you can kind of look at it either way and say one way is more fair than the other it depends on perspective but we think we might make one more adjustment to make it so that it's actually based on the actual player that you encounter and kill or are killed by that's the plan right now and you know not to get too far in the weeds but we made a couple more adjustments too so one is that number 27 kept coming up a lot and so we we up that today, and basically that's kind of a measure of velocity. So like the idea is like this: you know, you start out the rank season, you start to play a certain number of qualifying matches, and we make our best guess as to what skill level you're at. And then of course you're going to keep playing to try to increase your skill and and go up in rank. We don't want you to be able to go from bronze to master just because you had a lucky match or something like that. That's not good. Sure. You know, we want to see demonstrated skill. We want to see skill growth and we want to see it happen over time. It's not about the grind. It's about having an accurate system that players will actually believe is is correct. We played it a little bit conservative with this first cap. So based on the feedback from everybody, we increased the number and I think it's over a hundred right now.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah, I I think it's over a hundred. I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll see where players get with it, but We'll see how this feels, and then we'll kind of go from there.
0: Well, and that's got to be hard, right? Because in one hand, it would be nice to have a bigger range of points that you can gain in the system, mm-hmm. but you also have to balance that with poor performance, which means you probably have to either extend or broaden how you lose points as well, which it might feel really good if you're playing well at low ranks and moving up, but then if you get yep. into higher ranks and you start getting equal skill bases among the players and you have a bad game and you lose a, over 100 points, that's going to be rough.
1: That's right. It's about how fast you can settle into the correct skill that you're actually at. And then, you know, what it feels to kind of go up from there. So we don't want to make it vary so much that it oscillates so much and everybody is bouncing back and forth all the time. I mean, it'll just feel everyone's head will be spinning, right? But at the same time, you know, we don't want people to feel like we're forcing them to play you know, hundreds of games. We had a couple people who reached the master level after, I think it was 60 games with the 27 number. It will be easier. And I mean, these are the best players in the world. So it will be easier, you know, to hit that now with this cap being a little higher with fewer games. Another thing, you know, just to give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek, but, you know, we will be kind of fixing the leaderboards and there will be leaderboards based on the rank as well. So the very topmost players, you know, they they want a way to enjoy the rank system, too. And for the top players, they're, they're all fighting a small pool of each other basically to keep these top places in the leaderboards. Sure. So we'll bring that back as well.
0: And when you say leaderboards, are you talking about just one based on the top five hundred people yeah. in the ranking system? Or are Correct. you talking about the old okay, so not the old wins and kill leaderboards. You're talking about just the top people in the new leaderboard ranking system, however it finalizes. The
1: top ranked people, we will show who they are. Players will be able to see them and identify them because we'll we'll show the leaderboard. And, you know, the rank, like I said, is is calculated based on kills and placements. Plus these adjustments for you know the skill gap in the match right now because it's in a public match setting. It's similar to the old leaderboards, but the reason the old leaderboards didn't work is that they only worked for a few thousand players or whatever. Sure. I mean, we, we can't have a system that we can roll out that ninety percent of players can't ninety nine point
0: nine 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 percent of
1: players can't you
0: know I was say don't make me do the math, Corgan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, I mean obviously it's much higher <laughs> than that, but you know that they can't enjoy. So obviously we want something that everyone can enjoy. But I think this is a good balance and it's kind of the best of both worlds because. What you want out of the system if you're a kind of a bronze skill level player is different than what you're gonna want out of it if you're a master tier player right So we're trying to make sure we do our best to serve both sets of players equally
0: right and that was something we discussed at length on the podcast was how to get it so it feels good and that's super challenging. I get it because on one hand you've got a bunch of people that don't necessarily care about rank and they're not going to necessarily care where they land but at the same time, I mentioned like I play some other games and join those ranked modes and I don't really question the point system or how it works because I'm not maining that game. So I'm kind of like, oh, cool. I hit silver. That's fun. Oh, sweet. Gold. But with PUBG, with how many people play this as their main game and it's been out for long enough and you guys are being really open with how you're developing this. I can only imagine, and I see the feedback on Twitter, and I'm sure you guys are getting more than just there, but that whole idea of how to make it feel right, it it perplexes me how to even attack it. And of course, there's things that I want to see in it. I know the player base is pretty loud on some. I guess what I would ask is, is damage going to be a calculation in this? Or how are you tackling that team-based idea of not having people run off on solo so they can up their rating? We don't really plan at this point to put damage in there because
1: it's kind of an easy stat to, to game. Actually, it's not really the way the pros play. And again, we're trying to support the pro scene, so we're not planning to put damage in. But we did get the feedback about, you know, we don't want to, uh, we want to make sure that teams still function and that we're encouraging team play. I mean, we, we love team play. We want We want more of that, not less. So what we'll probably do when it goes live is, is something like bring assists or something like that into the calculation. That's the plan at the moment, but I will say it's still being discussed. So if, if people have other thoughts, you know, feel free to share them on, on social media. Just tag me or, or share it on Reddit, and we're reading all the feedback for sure.
0: I will say that, you know, with this release schedule of labs, and there's a new one that you guys just announced that's coming out, and you're making live changes, <laughs> and I see the <laughs> and I see the conversation happening around it, I think that's really good. And while personally, I look at ADR, or average damage per round, as a very high indicator of consistency, which I think is something that needs to be rewarded, and you alluded to that. You shouldn't be able to just get to master because you had one lucky game, and you shouldn't be stuck in bronze because you're a consistently good team player that doesn't necessarily get a bunch of kills. So I'm really interested to see how you guys tackle that idea of consistency. And I liked what you said there about encouraging team play, because right now, if you're not getting points for assists, that's just going to, again, it's incentivizing people to do the wrong thing. And I'm glad to hear that you guys are trying to figure out how to make it work. And again, I think everyone's aware that it's not just an easy, hey, put an ADR number that adds to rank or something.
1: No, no, you're, you're right. You know, when you create an algorithm like this, you're kind of encoding the things you care about. You know, I mean, that's exactly what you're doing. You're encoding the things that you care about into the algorithm. And the interesting thing is, you know, the way people play affects how you want to write the algorithm, but then the algorithm is going to affect the way people play. So these two things kind of, they synergize or whatever you want to say. We definitely care about team play. We want to make sure the algorithm definitely encourages team play where possible. We want more squads and things like that. And so we'll try to do that. And then, you know, just the thing I'd say too is this is a really good time to give feedback. I mean, you can tell we're making changes. We're we're doing it live. <laughs> and then um, you know, rank will it's not going to be a system that once it's in place, it just stays on autopilot for the next 10 years. I mean, it's going to be changed season by season, just like other rank systems are. So, you know, that's part of the fun of ranked is that people are going to play it, they're going to enjoy it. We'll probably make tweaks every season. So, Sure. You know, if we don't quite get it right the first time, we'll get it right the next time.
0: Well, and you said something a little while ago about some matchmaking issues, and it made me think about the last team-based game that I actually played a fair amount of competitive in, which was Overwatch. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I noticed in the different ranking tiers, like if you're in bronze, silver, gold, there's not a whole lot of teamwork that goes on in Overwatch, but then you hit platinum, diamond, and people start getting very serious. There's good communication. There's good comms. So when you mentioned that there's matchmaking issues, are you talking about? what I'm thinking about being matching similar players together? Or are you talking about what we talked about in the past, which was the matchmaking pools aren't sufficient enough? Which Which one are you talking about there?
1: It's kind of like yes to all three of them, or all two of uh, both of them. And then a third one, which is that You know, in pro play right now, of course, it's squads only, right? But right now in the algorithm test, we're supporting solos and duos and we're supporting TPP and FPP. So it just makes a variety of different ways that people want to play. So trying to support all of those different styles, you know, making sure that people have faith and trust and respect that the, the skill that's that people obtain as a result, making sure that you don't have to wait three hours for a game. And then also trying to make sure that when a game is finished, people feel like that game was fair, or at least the rank, at least the change in rank that they got from that game was fair is all related to matchmaking, essentially. So it's it's a complicated, complicated problem.
0: Yeah, because at the end of the day, at least the way I look at it is the key word that you use there is fair. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to that feeling about it. Yep. And I think the risk, and I appreciate the risk you guys are taking and being open with, you know, how high you can go, what's going into it, the factors in the algorithm, because that's going to create some people are going to try to find a way to game that system, to your point. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that damage is a stat that could be gamed. So I get that. But I like the risk that you're trying to make it feel right because most of the ranked games that I've played, I don't ever question the amount of points I'm getting. <laughs> You know, and it's funny because the most recent one that I've messed around with a little bit is Hearthstone just released Battlegrounds. And there's a ranking system attached to that. And it has major swings. If if you come in eighth, there's eight different people in it. If you come in eighth, you lose a boatload of points. And if you come in first, you win a boatload of points. Yeah, So it's that's the first time I've ever been like, ow, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> this is my fourth game and I'm losing all this rating.
1: <laughs> you know, all, all rank systems have this concept of fear of ranked, you know, so... You sit down to play a game and you have to decide, do I really want to add that extra tension, that extra stress? If it's too stressful, people don't want to do it. And then it's not fun. If it's not stressful enough, well, then they're not getting the experience that they want. So, you know, these are all like the types of design decisions that people have to think about, as you said. And what is unique about what we're doing here is we're kind of being, you know, we're being very transparent, actually, as you can tell about the algorithm and things like that. My guess is it will end up getting borrowed by other games at some point, too, because we're being so transparent. But it's okay. I mean, we want to trailblaze and we want to kind of set the standard for how, you know, rank systems work in this genre. So I think we're okay being that transparent and and we want to try to get there. But, you know, we completely accept that there is no way to make every single... Player happy design is trade off. So we're going to do the best we can. We're going to put the best system we can together. And I think, I think what, what we've come up with so far is actually, is actually pretty good. And it's pretty close to what we'll probably launch. Definitely still time for feedback. You know, at the end of each of these labs, we're putting a thread up on Reddit. So, you know, people can go in and share their thoughts. We're going through every single one, trying to respond where we can. At least for this one, we're going to put a blog post out that kind of summarizes kind of what. You know, our goals were and then really kind of what we learned uh, during the lab so that players can kind of see what we took out of it and then where we're headed for for the next ranked season.
0: Gotcha. And I I like that, too. I think the breakdown will be nice to see what's going on. And I think kind of a more interesting thing that you brought up there was the fear of ranked mode. (laughs) So I think like right now it's an opt in. When this thing, quote unquote, rolls out, is everyone going to get ranked regardless of whether they opt in or not? Or is it going to be a separate queue?
1: That's actually something we're still working through. And it kind of goes back to that issue that you talked about earlier, you know, with just the various matchmaking issues, how many modes we want to make available. We're learning a lot because with this opt in, we can see how many solo players opted in, how many duos opted in, how many TPP players opted in, how many FPP players opted in. So we can kind of see a little bit of an expression of like which players are interested in what. And with all that data, we're gonna to have to make some decisions there. I, I think to be honest, initially we thought that the answer was very clear, like the goal was clear, but this lab has been going okay. And so we're actually kind of happy with the way that it's been going so far. So I don't think the answer today is like super clear. We're not really sure if it's gonna be an opt-in system like we're doing now, or if it's gonna be a completely separate set of cues. There's a lot of reasons why a completely separate set of cues would be great. And it's all the obvious reasons. You know, We can tweak the rules differently, Uh, You'd be only playing against players who are playing competitively so that theoretically, you know, the result would be more accurate. But there's a lot of problems with it, too, because separate queues mean much longer wait times, much longer, especially when we're finding that it doesn't really matter if players play TPP or FPP or solo duo, squad. It looks like everyone's really enjoying ranked. Yeah. These things are all all part of the decisions that still really have to be made.
0: With that in mind, with all the different modes that this could create if it was a separate queue, I mean, basically that would be doubling (laughs) effectively all the different queues. There's a mode that keeps coming up and keeps getting recommended, which (laughs) is one you guys put out that was effectively labs before it was called labs or was it in labs? Was it actually labs then? I can't remember. The PGC mode is what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was it was using the, the lab system or whatever, quote unquote. We we got it out as quick as possible, kinda of last minute, right before PGC, because we
0: really wanted to to make it live. Yeah, you're right. When we were talking about different cues and splitting the player base up. So just to be really clear, what we're talking about here is you're not really sure if it's going to be just, hey, we're going to apply the ranking algorithm to anybody who queues up and goes into a game or if there's going to be separate queues. And then what I'm asking about now is the PGC mode, which is the competitive rule set that was locked into just squads, the 64 players, super settings, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so if you remember a couple years ago, maybe it was a year or two ago, I don't remember, but we had the super settings or the esports settings live. I think we called it esports mode back then. It it was a while ago. (laughs) So, you know, kind of surrounding PGC and in celebration of all the pros and to try to make sure that there was as much uh, understanding of the pro settings as we could, we, we brought the mode back so players could play it again. I pushed for this really hard for months to get this one live and I really wanted to see it happen. Really, all we were looking to see was does it grow by day by day? So, You know, because we knew that the promotion was not going to be perfect. I mean, you know, we couldn't get huge marketing around this because all the marketing was focused on PGC. Yeah. It's just you can't market two things that big at the same time. It's just too hard to understand what's going on. So we threw all the marketing as we could at PGC, and then we brought the game mode live. There were some problems. You know, people players noted that the icon wasn't clear, and and they were right, and we, we changed it, things like that. None of that was really the data points that we were looking for. What we were looking for was how many people play it, And do they play it again? And all we were really looking for was do they play it again the next day and the next day and the next day. We weren't counting how many times because it didn't have mastery or the survivor pass applied to it. So, you know, it was understood that players were going to play it for, you know, the entire day. But we were interested to see if they'd play it again. And in fact, what we found was it was most popular in Japan. Actually, that was the most popular region for the PGC settings. Day by day, except for the last day there was more players playing it than the day before. In most other regions, it was fewer and fewer players every day. So what we typically see is players tried it once, and they just didn't really play it the next day. Or maybe they played it the next day, but they didn't play it the day after that. In NA, I think thanks to some of the push from some of the pros, we saw very few players the first day. We saw a lot of players the second day. But almost none of those players who tried it the second day stuck around and played it either day three, four, or five. When you look at the data, it didn't seem to be very sticky. It just didn't seem to be something that people were so they're super passionate about. Now, it doesn't mean that it still couldn't get applied to the game because one possibility is that casual players just may not really care that much. You know, maybe maybe low skill players kind of look at it and try it. And they're like, "I, I don't even you know, maybe they're not skilled enough to really even feel the difference. Right. And so they just kind of go back to playing with their friends and playing the normal mode because of, you know, mastery and season pass. And that's a definite possibility. but you know, we still would have expected to see at least a little bit of sort of viral growth every day. You know, players inviting their friends, showing them that it was fun, squads playing day
0: after day. And we just really didn't see it. I guess from my end, you mentioned a couple things that maybe the impact was greater than maybe you guys saw. But I heard a lot of people talking about how you didn't get survivor pass experience in it. That's true.
1: Yep. We we couldn't wire it at a time.
0: It was a pretty short window. And I, I think the other side was PGC was outstanding, man. That event was phenomenal. And it was running <laughs> basically on the nights when, at least in the NA, it was running at the exact same time, basically primetime, right? So... Anyone who's interested in the PGC, which would be the casual player base that would play this, I would think would be watching PGC. I know we were. That was actually the two things that I heard the most was that Survivor Pass wasn't activated and that it was right during the PGC. I guess i I saw a lot of people jump in, but I also heard the comments like, Well, my normal squad night's Monday, yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, all the different things getting four people together versus just oh, I got my two buddies, and we're gonna go in as three, but oh, but it's you know, it's PGC settings, so if we don't want that fourth guy that doesn't know what they're doing or we don't know them,
1: yeah, it's interesting because you know I'm sure all that's true in fact i'm I'm definitely sure all that's true, but It also goes to show what the problem would be with some of that stuff in production, you know, in the live game. We didn't see people not playing and watching PGC. What we saw was people playing, but they played the PGC mode yesterday and they just chose not to play it again today. So, you know, I'm just throw it out there. I'm very clearly in the camp that I would like to see a more fair version of the sort of standard rule set in the game. And and I'd like to see it in there full time. So I'm interested in that. I know in NA, you know, it seems to me like there's a large portion of the players who would like that. But then again, it's not really a fair statement to make because what happens is we go on Twitter and we see that there. But Twitter is, you know, influencers (laughs) and pros. And it's totally natural that this is something that they want to push for. But then when it gets reflected back to the, I don't even want to say casual player, I guess I would just say like the average player, the normal players we just didn't really see that it was that sticky. You know, the labs thing is new too. So I'll say another thing too, which is once we've run several labs, we're going to have a better idea of what even a normal lab looks like. So for instance, we've got this blue hole lab going right now and it's got a, Mm -hmm. you know, a new style circle and I'm sure you're sure you read about it.
0: Yes. Yep. It's got the second blue circle in the middle.
1: And you know, my my team didn't design that, so I, I can't speak to it too much, but you know, we'll be able to pull similar data to see what the popularity, you know, sort of uptick and replayability of that is. And so once we get a few more of these data points, it will be easier to compare to PGC. I mean, I've, I've actually seen there's like a movement on Twitter to boycott the blue hole mode to, to show no participation, which <laughs> for what it's worth was noted. Uh, <laughs> and hey, that's fine. That's totally great. You know, share your opinion. We're, we're we're listening. And if it shows up in the data, it's even easier to see it. But uh you know, once we try more of these, we'll sort of be able to see what a normal lab participation is, and then it might put the PGC data in a new light. And, you know, again, there's nothing to say we can't try this again. Once competitive goes live and we settle on the, what the rule set's going to be there, it's going to get changed season by season. So if we're seeing a really strong signal from people who like the competitive style play that they want this style rule set, well, it's, it's naturally going to be a lot easier to get the style rule set to be more prominent in the game because we'll have a lot more players sharing that signal. But with just this mode the way we did now and the people that participated, unfortunately, really the data showed it went the other way. But again, we just we just kind of have to see how it shakes out. There's There's obviously a lot of variables.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know that Your team doesn't handle esports, so I know we can't dig into that too much, but you said that we want to support the pros. And so I take that to mean PUBG in general wants to support the professional scene and that you want to do things in the casual game to bring those two modes closer. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, you know, my
1: team works on sort of, you know, game features. So you know, as a company, absolutely, we, we definitely want to see the esports scene grow. This year was first year and it was an exciting year. And, you know, there's going to be more, obviously a lot more, and hopefully it, it just grows and grows. But, you know, I, again, I'm not involved with the day-to-day the esports uh, program, so I can't speak too much to it. But what I can say is the directive that we kind of got and the goal that we kind of had was to make sure that we help players learn more about what it means to be a pro. The average player is, isn't really getting that. You guys watch PGC and you watch the pro scene and, you know, not every player does that. And that's not just true for PUBG. That's that's true for every game. Oh, yeah. And so every game wants wants more people to be engaged with the esports program. We do too. So really the thing that I think that our team can do here is try to make sure that the average player is exposed as much as possible to the kind of competitive style, the competitive scoring rules, maybe the competitive rule set, the super set, super rules. And, you know, that's really what this competitive system's for. It's to let players who have been playing for a while or are new to the game, you know, have a new way to enjoy it, have a way to feel like their skills are growing, see how they compare against their friends, you know, also make being a pro more aspirational, right? It kind of creates a path to pro. That's what games like to call it, a path to pro. So, you know, you come in as a new player, you start playing competitive, you get to be a better competitive player and, you know, being a pro becomes a thing that you sort of aspire to be. And of course we want that, you know, because the pros work really hard and they're, they're, they're just amazing at the game. So we want the casual average players to see what that's like.
0: Yeah. And, and I've been the first one to say, you know, I didn't really watch whole events until really phase mm-hmm. three of this last season. You know, I would tune in on the weekend and watch a little bit, but I never really watched the commentary and things like that. But phase three really brought me in. And then the PGC was fantastic. And hearing what you just said, I guess labs is this great testing environment for new things and you can tweak it and all that. And then we're talking about the competitive rule set and it was brought in as the PGC mode. And then there's this thought of how do we tie this in closer? Is there any movement or thought about just moving the competitive circle settings and loot settings and sixty-four players into the base play mode. So
1: definitely, and I would say again, I'm I'm actually kind of a proponent of that. It would have been very clear cut if we saw, you know, that in every region when this thing went live, players tried it, the same players came back the next day, tried it again, came back, tried it again the third day. If we saw that, and you know, maybe the number of players that were trying it was growing every day, that would sort of be a signal that, you know, people are sharing it and sort of virally with their friends then it would have been, I think, a really clear cut decision. But based on the data, it wasn't, you know, unfortunately, like as clear cut as we as I would have personally liked it to be.
0: Yeah. And I guess the only and again, I know I'm taking advantage of my it's cool, (laughs) my one on one situation here with you. (laughs) But I, I guess I look at a game that I play casually. And what I define casually is I play it pretty often, but I don't read patch notes. I just log in and play it. And the game is Hearthstone, okay? So I I get in Hearthstone, and the only time that I know there are changes out is when the game says, hey, there's a new set available, or hey, we nerfed these cards. But 99.9% of the time, I literally fire up Hearthstone, and I hit play, and I pick my deck, and I go. I hear you on how you were measuring the day-to-day and do people come back, but I sit here and say if I'm a casual player, I didn't even know this existed. And because, yeah, there was a new button, but it looked like it was just an advertisement for the PGC (laughs) for a day. I guess what I'm asking for is test it again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, we're we're not looking for what percentage of players played. That really wasn't the number. It was really just, did it grow? Even if it grew by 1% every day, that would have been great. But, you know, it shrank every day. By something like ten or something like that, by ten percent or so. It didn't look healthy if you just look at the data. Like there really is not a way around that one.
0: Yeah, I I know I don't have the data and I would just Yeah. I don't know. I guess my thought is, man, all of the things that it, it didn't have, which was the experience and the survivor pass, just those little things, all of those matter. You know, I played three or four games in a night and had some phenomenal games, but then I was like, oh man. No level yeah, in my survivor yep, pass, yep. and boy, I, I guess I don't really want to do this if it's not with the same squad because we were owning. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the way it was presented and the window of it, personally, I looked at it as okay, cool, they want us to test this, jump in, and check it out. And then the message of how it was being measured was given on Twitter, which I think we both know is only going to yes, get seen by pros and influencers. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to shoot holes in that idea, I just think. I heard about so many people that didn't even know it was there and they were hardcore casuals. They were playing all the time and they were like, wait, what? I can go play with pro settings. And this was on like Friday or Saturday, you know, when there was only a couple days left.
1: Yep. It's it's fair. Like I said, I definitely don't want anyone to think that the doors close. I don't want people to think that you know, because now we're testing this, this blue hole lab that it's kind of like an A or B thing. I mean, I saw that a little bit today. It's not like that really at all. We're just trying a bunch of new stuff and we're trying to see what, what works and what, what people are into. So definitely don't think it won't happen again. And I just want everyone to know that at least personally, I'm pushing for it very hard to see if we can make it happen because actually I think it's just my gut, but my gut says it was the other thing, which is the average player doesn't really care that much. Which doesn't mean that it's bad. It actually might mean it's perfectly fine. Right. You know, so if a bunch of players care and then everybody else are just sort of like, eh, we don't care one way or the other, well, then it's still worth doing. But we weren't really able to test that very well using the system that we had because the only thing we could measure was, was sort of replay value. Because, again, like you said, for the people that don't care, they're going to try it once and say, yeah, whatever, no big deal and go back to playing the normal mode. The only way to really get a good test, which is the same thing a few people suggested, would be to just go make it live for a few weeks and, you know, let's say like take over FPP for a few weeks.
0: You know, there's a little bit of
1: hesitancy there because if it turns out that that hypothesis is wrong and people just really did not like it, it's not really fair that in the middle of a, a season when people purchase the season pass, for example, that we change the underlying game out from under them and, you know, maybe affect the balance of how fast it is to earn the pass or something like that because these things are very finely balanced.
0: You kind of took the next thought that I had out. I mean, is it something that could be seen in a season pass, you know, where you say, hey, this is season six, the competitive season?
1: I think that type of thing is possible. You know, I, th- I think it's also possible to run the lab thing again and try to just be a little more explicit with what we're looking for. Yeah, I think I think there's definite possibility for the future, and we're still pushing to to try it again. If you think of it from our perspective, I mean, again, we're the team that's running the competitive rank system. So the point of the competitive system is that it's supposed to be fair and trusted and people will respect the results and, you know, because otherwise, what, what's the point? So we understand that it's not just the algorithm and it's and that sort of thing. It's, it's the basic rule set that you're playing under. There's a lot of randomness and sort of battle royale to begin with. And the point of the rule set for the super settings is to minimize some of those things so that skill can be more easily expressed. In the meantime, some people think it takes away some of the fun. There were people on Twitter who were saying, I don't understand why people like this. Every game becomes... The same and there's just less randomness and you're like well that's that's exactly right that's what it was <laughs> supposed to do but you know there, there definitely are people who like that other one you don't hear from them on twitter but that's a ton of players you know you don't hear them we can see it based on the choices they make and the style that they play in the game that's actually a lot of players
0: Oh, right. I mean, I didn't get active on Twitter until very recent history. You know, it was more of I'd go check some things out, but I would imagine that the vast majority of people playing the game aren't on Twitter, even though in the streaming and pro community it can seem like that because that's who's there. And there's a lot of people that just view Twitter, right? They don't necessarily engage it, which is perfectly fine, but I think that's a fair point, too, is that there's definitely echo chambers and... That, that's not always representative of the community as a whole.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you've seen it in, I mean, not to, not to go on a tangent, but I mean, we've seen it in politics. Twitter's a really great, just amplifier. That's what it does. It lets one person, you know, say something and it lets a lot of people kind of amplify it without a lot of filter, but that's okay. I mean, that's okay. You know me, I'm, I'm very active on Twitter. I try to be, I, I actually really have enjoyed it for a long time. I think I'm one of the first half million users or something on there. It's, it's really important, and the, because the pros are on there, that's why I'm on there. I mean, I want to hear from the people who are the best at the game. I want to hear from the streamers. That's why I'm there. We have other people who pay attention to other places. The door is definitely not closed. It's not like the dream is over here. It's just that at least with the first sort of round, the data did not come back super promising. But, you know, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't explore it more and we won't explore it more. But we might need to change the format up a little bit.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's just interesting because, again, I know I'm one person here talking about it, but <laughs> my personal experience with it was I went in not knowing what to expect because I started to enjoy the PGC and watching professionals play and how they rotate and what's important and having it broken down by the casters. So then I went in and tried it and was thinking like, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this or not. And it is different. Mm-hmm. The, the rule set is very different, especially with how, you know, with the vehicle spawns and, and just, you know, the loot yep. in general. But I really enjoyed it. i kind of tried to go in without expectations. And if anything, I kind of expected to go in and be like, I'm going to have a bad experience because I haven't played in scrims or in any kind of leagues. But I, I found myself really enjoying it. So, yeah,
1: it's nice to be able to beat the circle too, huh? (laughs) <laughs> oh, gosh yeah
0: but i'll tell you this the first couple phases are so much faster that the looting phase is much yeah. slower which has actually been the thing that honestly in the main game i get a little frustrated with because once you really get looting down it's like oh man i don't want to wait four minutes for the circle to close on miramar for some action <laughs> when i just played super settings and it would be phase three yeah, by now yeah
1: <laughs> my guess is that we will probably over time end up with, you know, some modified version of the settings that maybe just works a little better in the public queue setting, just because players play styles a little different. But, you know, I I think we will see more like the PGC rules go live here over time, especially once competitive goes live and we start getting, you know, some real clear feedback as to what players want to see in the competitive mode.
0: Oh, I'm really curious to see what people think when they hear this and start talking about it more, because I guess in my mind, this heavily revolves around what's decided based on do we roll the ranked algorithm out to every player, whether they opt in or not, or is it separate queues? Because if yep. everyone gets rolled into the algorithm, it's probably a different decision based on rule set than if it's, oh, we're going to make the ranked queue. And oh, by the way, we have ranked settings. That might be an easier decision than to say, oh, hey, we're forcing a ranked queue and ranked settings on the entire player base. That is
1: absolutely correct. You are right. I will say there's a trade-off there, though. You know, the opt-in thing is attractive in some ways because matchmaking times are really short. You know, you've played Rank Systems in other games as well. When players have to choose a different, like when they have to go choose to play ranked and it's a different queue, you know, I've worked on tons of games that do this, but it's a much, much smaller number of players that choose to play ranked typically on a single day. Like it's usually a single digit percentage of players that choose to play ranked. As I've shared, the opt-in percentage was very high. Seeing high 20 percentage opt-in is interesting um, from kind of the perspective of a designer. Now, I mean, right now there's no penalty. I mean, you can just opt in and like, you know, there's, it's not like you're going to get or lose a prize at the end of the season or award at the end of the season. Sure. There's no penalty. There's no risk. So of course, everybody's just going to opt in because it's just more data. It's kind of, kind of remains to be seen what that'll look like, uh, if we chose to go that way in production, but I do think it's an interesting data point.
0: Yeah, I guess not having any back-end knowledge of how many people play ranked in other games, that's fascinating that it's probably single digits who play ranked. Yeah,
1: it's 5, 6, 7% in most games. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the region, some regions are really, really, really high. But yeah, most regions are single-digit percentages of, of players choose to play ranked on a given day.
0: Or really, if you break it down by matches. That kind of blows my mind. (laughs) But I guess I'm somebody that I kind of dig into games and, you know, am focused on getting better and having that ranked mode. Even if it's kind of an arbitrary rank in the beginning or a game that I'm not going to play a whole lot, it's kind of good to know where you stand, at least in my opinion. Well, For what it's worth,
1: you know, I I think Battle Royale rewrites the rules of all this stuff anyway. So we can't always draw on our experience to build features for PUBG. It it just doesn't always work. Of course, you draw on your experience, but you can't just like photocopy things you've done in the past. It doesn't work. VR is completely different. You know, because we have so many players in the match, it's just everything is different because pit players can leave matches early. I mean, you think about that, that's pretty unique in games. There's not too many games where you can leave the match before it's done and start a new match and have the match keep going. Sure. So there's a lot of things that are different about VR. So I don't want anyone to read into that too much and think that we've got a plan based on that. It's just... It is an interesting data point to see 28% of people opt in. And, you know, could be because maybe we just have a really competitive player base and we find that people just love playing ranked more, which would be great. I mean, nothing would make me happier than if people play ranked all the time. So just just put it out
0: there. Force
1: it on everybody. (laughs) Well... That doesn't really work either, though, because at least historically, you, you can kind of Google this, but if you Google fear of ranked, that is a real thing. You know, the, a lot of players don't want that extra, extra pressure and they just won't play because of it. So you can't force it, unfortunately, but you could make it opt in or you can, you have to make it opt in somehow. Either you got to opt in to play that style or you got to opt in to play that queue, but it will have to somehow be an opt in.
0: Uh, interesting. Mad Glory published an article about the fear of ranked. Maybe we did.
1: I'll have to read that yeah. later. But you can look for ladder. Some other people call it ladder anxiety. You could you can see it's it's been
0: talked about a lot. Oh, I experience it when going back to yeah, a game for sure. Right, because you're, you're rusty. Like I hop out of Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. I hop out of Overwatch, and then there's four more champions. I don't really want to get ranked when I don't know what the other team is going to do to me. So I get it. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think I mentioned this last time. But I worked with Riot for a long time in League, um, and it's I love I love League. It's one of my favorite games. But you know, there's a lot of ladder anxiety in that game. I was always terrified to <laughs> to play ranked in that game too often because you you have to grind all the way up to level 30 to even be able to play ranked. Then what you're at once you're there, you know, you finally can play, and people are just. Really good. So it's, it's tough. Again, Battle Royale, it's just different. And PUBG is even more different because we have a player base that, that really likes the challenge that we provide. And, you know, it is a tense game to begin with. So I don't know. It's going to, we're just going to need more data. We're going to have to put it out there. And I think everybody's going to have to trust us a little bit that, you know, we're going to evolve it season by season. It's not like we're just going to let it die. You know, I have my entire team here, half of which is focused to ranked.
0: And it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. So I want to ask a question, and I know this this kind of treads into interesting water, but you said something about other Battle Royale games, or that there's not a ranked system out there in Battle Royale yet that you feel like is right. And I want to preface this by saying, you mentioned a lot of games, you've worked with a lot of other companies, you and I have joked about you playing Fortnite with your kids (laughs) And I look at games like Apex that brought a ranked mode out. So I know this may be a risky subject for you to talk to, but what are you not seeing out there to make you believe that there's not really a good ranked system yet in the BR world?
1: Oh, I don't know. Like I probably said this last time, but I'm a gamer, so I love and respect a lot of different games. I work at PUBG because I happen to love the company and I love the players too. That's what makes me really like it here. I guess what I would say is I come from designing kind of the traditional rank systems, and I've been working on them going pretty far back, the Call of Duty 4 kind of Guitar Hero days. And I haven't seen a BR system that feels kind of like as trustworthy yet. Trustworthy might not be the right word. I don't know. Maybe respected or sort of like, I guess maybe respected as some of the ones you might have seen in maybe like a traditional FPS game or even a tradi- even the mobile games uh, like League. And I, I haven't seen that worked out yet for Battle Royale. And so, you know, are we going to get it right the first time? I don't know. But, you know, I think we definitely have a pretty clear vision of the type of thing that works for our game. And, you know, we don't we don't have the same players as as Fortnite or Apex, really. It's, it's a different player base. And whatever we build for PUBG probably wouldn't work for those games. And whatever they build in their games probably wouldn't work in ours. You know, I don't think they'll work exactly the same. I think what you usually see is you, you sort of see like a direction, maybe a little bit within a certain genre. And then you see people sort of taking it and adapting it as much as they can to work with their own property. So you know, we looked at all that stuff. I don't know. I just, we just haven't seen one that I, I feel is right yet. So I hope that can be ours when it goes live.
0: And I know you mentioned before that, you know, on the gaming development side, it's kind of like a big community, right? There's not animosity no. towards <laughs> other games no. or other designers. Is a ranked mode, is that something that you've like discussed with other people in the industry? Like how the heck do we do this for a Battle Royale game? I don't think so. I'm pretty
1: sure the Apex team is actually going to make a presentation about theirs at um, the Game Developer Conference this year. So I'll probably go and sit in on that because I know some people there, I have some friends there, and I think it'll be interesting. But no, I don't. I don't think it's something you really call call up, you know, another company on because this is this is a little bit unique to the game you're on. And, and even if you did, I'm not sure you'd get a ton of insight that would necessarily work. Sure. So yeah, no. But I'm sure I'll be going to that talk and I'll check it out able to doing too. We're talking a lot
0: about all of the things that are going on right <laughs> now and the things that you're you're working on. So, I don't know that I'd be doing my job correctly if I didn't ask. What are the things you guys are working on in the back end cuz said about half your team's going to work on this. So, are there systems that you're trying to develop towards new goals right because when we spoke last time on the podcast right now is what you were targeting way back then and we're here so like what systems are you still trying to develop that are going to move towards what the next set of goals are so
1: there's a lot going on and i finally i really finally feel like we're at the point where some of the stuff people have been working on for a while is going to start showing up for players, which is good because, you know, it's, as as you know, it's been a tough period of growth. <laughs> and I mentioned this a little bit last time, the company's just so big, but we're seeing kind of results now. So for our team, you know, half of us are working on competitive. The other half is really working on new fixes for the mastery system. And that's, that's us right now. So we just want to dive back into mastery. You know, it went live. It isn't the system that we wanted it to be yet. It's not really even close to the system we wanted it to be yet. So we know we have a lot of work to do on that one, and we're going to dive back in. As far as the other teams go, 2020 is shaping up to be pretty cool. I think, (laughs) you know, as a player, I'm really excited, actually. It's got a lot more of what makes PUBG PUBG. Players will see that we've got a pretty clear vision and kind of refined idea of where we want to go with the game, and they're going to start seeing some of that come out. The lab system is going to see more usage, you know, so we rolled this out so that we could test things more none of this necessarily is going to make it into the game, but it's good data points. And it's a lot of things that we can learn. And, you know, we can actually kind of explore the genre with the players together. So, you know, we're really listening hard for the feedback from anything we do with labs. So we're going to do a lot more labs and yeah, just a lot more of everything next year. I think it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm definitely looking forward to, to season six.
0: (laughs) So how many nails did you buy? And I don't know what people got all (laughs) up in arms
1: about that. I literally, we have construction going on in the office and I, was just saying, like, we need to fix these posters or whatever. So I don't know. People were reading into that a lot. That was that was really all it was about. So I don't know what to say.
0: I read into every letter, sir. Yeah. I don't know. Just like one <laughs> one nail,
1: you know, and something that heavy. Just was a little, little dodgy. So I don't know. I don't know what to say, man. It's just about pictures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 shaping up, though.
0: <laughs> I'll let you off the hook on that one, right. I guess. Right. So season six is coming. You guys have done progressively awesome things with the seasons. So I'm excited for that. I'm hopeful for new stuff there. And I was hoping to glean some information from the pictures you have on your wall for season six, but it sounds like that's not going to happen today.
1: (laughs) I don't have anything to add on that one, I
0: guess. I know. But when you say the mastery system isn't quite where you want it to be, is that from a rewards standpoint? <laughs> is it not tracking as much stuff? Like where where do you want it to go? Because it actually, to me, feels like a really cool system. It wasn't one that I thought was going to be changing everything, but yeah. adding in the ability to see what the entire squad did after the match was really cool so you don't have to ask every single time how many kills, how much damage, da-da-da-da. Leveling up the guns is fun, but it just seems to be missing that little bit of why pay attention to that's, it after yes. you've sort of got the gist of yeah. it? Sorry, that's
1: exactly it. You're exactly right. You know, there are still some lingering tech limitations sometimes in PUBG uh, that we have to work around. So, for example, one of them was that, you know, the end of game process is just this crusty old system that needs to get a revamp. So, you know, one of the things for mastery is like, it should sort of feel rewarded by the mastery system at the end of the game. So that's on our list is doing some polishing, or overhaul, or whatever you want to say on end of game. We want to do some changes there. Mm -hmm. The rewards for mastery are not really what we originally envisioned, uh, at least for the weapon mastery. And so we'll probably do some changes there. You know, charms are cool if you're, you know, maybe an FPP player, but TPP players don't care about weapon charms as much. You know, you can feel it when you get to level 100. It doesn't feel like you sort of reach the top of the mountain right now. It doesn't feel like that. That's the general types of overhaul that we want to do. And then also like weapon mastery needs some balance changes because at least at the early levels, it's, it's too hard for most players to achieve the early levels of mastery. So, so for new players, Uh, so we want to do some balancing changes there. And then we'll probably do some things like expand the PUBG ID. you know, that's kind of like really in its infancy from where we want it to go. So we'll spend some more time on that this year too. And, you know, I don't really have specifics for all that stuff, but that's the kind of general direction, at least we're looking at for mastery. Lots to do.
0: So with respect to new players, right, and I never really thought about mastery as a new player tool, but it seems like there's a big opportunity there for that, right? It, there's a lot of learning you can do in the mastery system, like with your last match and things like that. So how much time is being spent on developing tools for the new players? Because that that's actually a really cool thought to me is mastery being this thing that that's the thing rewarding you, not the thing that you go check. That's kind of an interesting thought that I haven't looked at mastery as before yeah that's really how it should feel
1: especially for new players and the balance of the survival mastery the survival portion of mastery is definitely balanced correctly so that as a new player you do feel rewarded if you end up kind of getting to that page after each match but the way we kind of get you there right now is not ideal really so that needs to be improved we're spending a lot of time thinking about new players a lot of time and we've got a bunch of different stuff coming out to make it feel better for new players I mean, for new players right now, PUBG is a punishing game. You know, it's, it's hard to get into it. The best way to get into it is with, you know, a friend who's an experienced player. So, you know, I think there's things we can do to encourage more squad play. I think there's things we could do to encourage existing players to kind of, you know, help pick up and train some friends or maybe like bring back those people that you used to play with that are disengaged. I think there's definitely things we can do in the mastery system to make it kind of feel rewarding to be a new player. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff we could do, you know, for new players. So I think we've got some stuff coming out over the next three, four months that it's going to be pretty cool.
0: Awesome. And that lines up right with when you said you want to come back on. <laughs> yep, <laughs> That's right. Well, that's really cool, man, that you guys are focused on new players. And <laughs> I know you can't share what's coming in in season six just yet, but we'll be excited to hear about that. If there's things in there that are going to be tools for new players, it kind of brings a lot of thoughts to my mind of, you know, the training grounds that could be worked on. Deathmatch has been talked about in the community. And so I won't I won't hold you over the fire. <laughs> but But there's all these things that have been recommended and talked about. And just hearing you bring it up that way makes me excited for what's coming around the corner. So that's cool.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Don't forget, we've got the PC version out, we've got the console version out, we've got the light PC version out, and we've also got mobile. So, you know, we've got data points on what works from all of these. And they're all, thankfully, console and PC aren't different anymore. But (laughs) light PC and mobile are (laughs) definitely, um, you know, kind of different takes on the game almost. So we've got a lot of data about what works for new players and that sort of thing. And so really, it's just... It's just picking what we want to kind of bring back to what we sort of consider the Prime version, the PC console version. Sure. So definitely a lot of cool stuff coming out. And, you know, we've we've got numbers on most of those things that you just said, right, from the other versions. So we'll port back what we think works the best here for, for PC.
0: Awesome, man. Well, it, it's kind of at this point in the show where we would typically hand it over to the guests to promote all of their <laughs> stuff. But I think what's perhaps more appropriate is... You know, let people know how to get in contact with you. You know, I think Twitter's a great place, but I know you're active on other platforms as well. And then maybe what type of feedback you're looking for, how they can engage. Because I think, again, it's really cool that you guys are really trying to be as transparent as you can moving into ranked competitive PGC, all these things that are hard to balance. So why don't you let people know how they can find you, how they can engage and and where to go from there? Yeah, sure. So,
1: you know, I'm I'm active on Twitter. I read it probably 20 times a day. Uh, I'm pretty active on Reddit too, although that might be a once or twice kind of day thing. (laughs) And... You know, I get lots of ideas, thousands of ideas from lots of different people, to be honest. And so, you know, for me, it's uh, what I try to look for is trends. You know, if I have tons of people all saying the same thing across multiple different communities and then we're seeing the same type of feedback start to come in from other places in the world, that's, that's the type of thing that really stands out. Every single thing people send to me, I read. So feel free to just send whatever you want and I will definitely read it. I'm, I'll, I'll respond if I have time. For anybody who really wants to, you know, affect change, feel free to kind of share what you can and hook up with other people who feel the same and start threads on Reddit and, you know, get long conversations going. We absolutely love that stuff. And and myself and other people here in my office do the best we can to participate. So yeah, let us know your thoughts. We're definitely 100% listening.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thanks for that. And I just, again, I wanted to say thanks for coming back on the show. I know these topics are, they're hot right it's hard with all the moving pieces to you know talk about what you can and i know there's a lot that you can't and i appreciate you trying to navigate that fine line of being as transparent as you can without sharing what you're what you can't so thank you so much for that thanks for coming back we uh, we really appreciate it yeah man i'm
1: thankful every day for everybody who jumps in and plays the game so absolutely no worries and we will ab- we should definitely do it again
0: <laughs> awesome well we'll we'll plan on it we'll do it and we're looking forward to what's coming next so thanks again man yeah mike see you soon all right guys there you have it thank you so much for tuning in make sure to get involved in the conversation lots going on in the world of PUBG, and the devs are listening so get out there talk about it let us know how you feel let them know how you feel There's tons of ways to get connected with me or the podcast I stream PUBG a few days every week on Twitch. You can also find me on Twitter, MTB Trigger in all of the places. The podcast is also on Twitter at winner underscore podcast. You can email us at winnerpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Discord with over 1,300 members and an active looking for group section. All skill levels welcome. Links to all of this in the patch notes, including links to our musical guest Spiffy Man. Thank you, sir. And thanks again to Corrigan, aka Gen XP. Great to have you again, sir. Later, everybody. Winner, winner. Out.